Welcome to the Church Plus Podcast. Church Plus is a conversation around growing trends, best practices, and how stuff works in your local church. My name is John Bennett. I'm going to be your host today. I'm very excited about my interview, and I'll introduce my guests in just a moment. But here's what I believe right now in the fall of 2021. This is one of the greatest opportunities to dream big, cast new vision, and think about expanding your church's mission. Listen, I believe the money is there. In other words, people are going to be generous at the end of the year. And if you're a frequent listener of Church Plus, over the past couple of months, we've talked about the current financial state and all the opportunities that exist right now. So that's why my encouragement to you as we begin this month's podcast is, I think now is the time to cast new vision and dream big. The pandemic has afforded church leaders to do some things, try some things, expand some things that all of us back in March or April of 2020 would not have believed would be possible. Well, let's get into this month's podcast. This month, my guest and I, we're going to be discussing three fatal errors of most church websites, things that you could be doing wrong right now that you can fix, and we're going to help you do that. Plus, we're going to ask, we're going to actually give you some very pragmatic ways to understand some of those errors and how to fix some of those things. Secondly, we're going to ask the question, is your website Google friendly? And how can you use Google to answer the questions that your community is actually asking right now? How do you find that out? And how do you get your website and your content to match up with those needs in your community? Also, we're gonna talk about, are you using practical things like stock photos or pictures of your building? And answering the question, why we don't think those things are a great idea? Why there's a better approach to the way your actual website looks and what it communicates by the pictures that you're using. So today, my guest is Mark McDonald. He's the head of Be Known For Something, is a marketing uh, organization that helps churches all over the United States and into Canada. He has 35 years of advertising experience. He's been a creative director and a brand strategist for churches since 1990. He was inducted in the Church Network Hall of Fame. I didn't even know that exists, but he's been inducted into the Church Network Hall of Fame. Mark has written over 800 church communication articles. He's well-versed in this area. He's also the author of Be Known for Something, which is a New York Times bestseller and is a book full of great resources about how church branding actually works, stuff that works for your church. So let's join my interview with my friend, Mark McDonald. Hey, Mark, welcome to the Church Plus podcast, my friend. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man, I've been looking forward to this conversation. I, I can't imagine a more timely conversation right now because we're going to get into the entire idea of the digital universe of a church. And, and so let me just jump into the topic here. Uh, I know you've got a ton of expertise in this area. You've been doing this uh, you know, probably before the Google guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> you, you've been at this a long time. And so let's talk a little bit about the idea that even in 2019, the church website had really become the new front door of the church. And I think a lot of people knew that. They spent a lot of time developing a new website, maybe a new brand, that kind of thing. But then we went through COVID. Now, coming out of COVID, 
I don't think there's anybody that would argue the point that, you know what, right now our website is our new front door, but, and that's a big but, it's what are we doing right now in this, in this exact season to maximize what we're doing, not just on our website, but digitally online to be able to engage our community. I know you got some great thoughts on let's Let's just start right there on that topic. Wow. Talk about a loaded question because, <laughs> you know, it's interesting before 2019, we just continuously told the church that, Hey, you got to get your website up to speed. And, and sure enough, uh, I mean, the, yep. the churches who had their website, uh, you know, up to the, to the, you know, the high standard that's expected of a website, right? Uh, they're the ones that during COVID, they went, you know what, we just seamlessly transferred what we did in person online. Hmm. And I guess that, you know, what you have to, to realize is that some pastors here, you know, website is the front door of our church. Uh, like the community is just going to stream through the front door. Mm-hmm. And I guess that before we go too far, we have to make sure that we understand that the vast majority of the views on, on a church's website will be from the congregation, that internal audience, hmm. more so than the external. So, so we have to be careful. You know, it, everybody always says, you know, when you're selling your house, make sure that you, you draw attention to your front door. Well, we have to draw attention to the front door of the church in order for people to actually want to uh, walk up to the front door. But the sad truth is, is that there's just not a lot of people in the community who are waking up this morning and deciding that, you know what, I should Google the church down the road and just <laughs> exactly stumble up to the door. So I guess that what we want to make sure is that that we have a front door that is friendly and inviting to the community when they decide that they want to be there. But we also have to make sure that the people in the congregation uh, will, will walk up to that front door, realize that it's a friendly front door that they could easily bring their community friends into. No, that is so rich. I love that distinction between the internal and the external. You're exactly right. Most of the people inside, they've already drunk the Kool-Aid. They're going to the website because they want to get some, uh, you know, some information of what's going on, meeting times, that kind of thing. But it's not impacting the community. So let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, most churches uh, that probably you and I work with, they, they want to be outward facing. They want to be missional in their mindset. So let's talk a little bit about what are some of the things that you think uh, from a mistake standpoint, maybe we call it fatal errors for a minute. Uh, sounds like a new, uh, you know, uh, thriller, you know, kind of psychology thriller or something, <laughs> fatal errors here of the website. Um, but let's talk about a few of those that, that probably are hindering from churches from really, uh, you know, as you talk about engaging the community, being more external than internally focused. Yeah. Uh, I mean, talk about fatal errors. Fatal errors is like the biggest fatal error, even before we get into how websites let churches down. Uh, the, the biggest fatal error is forgetting your community. Mm-hmm. So even though mm-hmm. we know that the, the majority of, of the people who go to your website will be your congregation, we have to always keep in mind that we're God planted us in this community for a reason and that uh you know similar to 
uh, the secular sales side, when we when we think about, you know, if it's like a Coca-Cola, you know, you're in Atlanta, so we'll use Coca-Cola. Yep. Imagine that the Coca-Cola salespeople uh, said, you know what, we only want to concentrate on the people who currently drink Coca-Cola. We don't we don't need any more. Hmm. And and oftentimes the church focuses on their communication so that they keep their their congregation happy, but they forget about the community. So so what we need to do is we need to realize that the community is the pipeline. So we have to base everything on the community and the friendliness of uh, of our content to that uh, to, to the outside community in order to make sure that we have a growth opportunity. And so when it comes to the front door of the church, I mean, ultimately, we have to ask the big question, why would anyone approach the front door of your church? And so if if the, the digital front door of the church is the website, you know, there's there's some huge, huge fatal errors that that oftentimes happen. I mean, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about three this time, John, but but ultimately uh, there's many more. I mean, the n- number one thing is that we talk an awful lot, but we don't have a thread that connects all of those uh, all those different ministries. Hmm. So not having a thread is huge because people want to know what makes a church different. What If I'm going to look at you as a church or even consider you as a place that I would go for spiritual anything, why would I choose you over somebody else? And that thread, which is just, you know, a, a tagline or three to five words to to really become outward facing with your mission, vision, and values, you've got to make sure that somebody knows, okay, there's the big brand promise. What is the brand story of your church? Well, there it's a thread that connects all of the disjointed ministries that happen in your church. And what it actually does is if you know that thread, you can calm your messaging. And that's the biggest issue with websites today. If you have uh, too many messages, people will not spend as much time on your website. If you have a web page that has too much content or too many links or too many options, people will actually click on less things because they, they don't know what to click on. So that thread, what I've learned from you know, my 30 years of, of working in communication is just really a way to calm your messaging so that you say less and people will listen more. That is really great insight. So the entire idea of less is more, uh, very, very important here. And I like the, uh, the, the phrase there, the thread. So in other words, it, it's almost like a timely or seasonal type of messaging that is focused toward a very strategic audience. Would you say that's true? Yeah, exactly. Except that I, I would caution, uh, you know, in in the church world, pastors oftentimes go to a timely message as in a sermon series mm-hmm. where, where a thread is more on the DNA level. So it's something that's not going to change for a regular amount of time. In fact, in on again on the secular world, there's a lot more research, and and what they're saying is that as soon as you know what your brand is and you communicate it as a thread or a brand positioning statement, 
that it actually takes three to five years of consistently using it before people will actually adopt it. So, so we have to kind of caution just a little bit that it's a timely message, but that doesn't mean it's a seasonal message where, uh, you know, you know what, we're kind of tired of this. So we're going to keep changing it all the time because then you won't become known for it. That is insightful. Three to five years. Uh, and that is, I'm sure what we're talking about too is these larger and larger bands of the audience or larger bands of the segmented uh, groups that we're trying to target. But that's an, that is insightful. Three to five years. Because I think uh, you're, and I'm glad you made this distinct, distinction because I think in a lot of our minds, it's like, well, this is something we're talking about this month. <laughs> Uh, 60 days from now, it's going to be something else. That's more like a, a electronic billboard or, you know, a bulletin for that matter. Instead of saying, no, 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 we're going to be known for something. I know one website where the church talked about life is complicated enough, but we're here to help. You know, it's the yeah. idea is we're acknowledging how complicated life gets all by itself, but we want you to know we're here to be a partner with you. I thought that, and that's one of those things you're talking about there that could, that could last for the next three or five years for them. Well, and exactly. And a really good thread will speak to a need in an audience, but it'll also make sure that all of the sermon series, when you line them all up together, they, there will be that thread woven through all the, the ministries and sermon series. So that each time that you're in front of an audience, you just make sure that you incorporate that thread. And that thread is a something that's beneficial or needed from a particular audience. That's so good. So the first one I hear you saying is, listen, you've really got to get simple. Less is more. You've got to develop a thread that's got more of a longer lasting feel to the brand overall. That's going to be woven in and out of both the website. And I'm assuming also that would be everything social that we'd begin to push out as well. Correct? For sure. All of your communications should fall under that thread so that if someone picks you up on a social channel, or goes to your website or walks through the door, they should be able to see and feel that thread from, from the moment they step out of their car to the moment that they leave uh, and go, go home or the moment that they, you know, click on your URL or, um, you know, touch you in any way on any of the channels and tools that are out there. Mm. That's good. All right. Well, let's talk about, I know that we got three or four uh, fatal errors we want to get to today. So let's talk about the second one. What, what's the second thing that you see over and over again when you're examining church websites? Uh, and this kind of ties together with number one, but churches just aren't Google friendly. Hmm. Wow. And, and we have to figure out, so Google wants to essentially uh, serve their audience with, uh, you know, you know, their audience is, is certainly searching for something. They're actually Googling something. So Google wants to just deliver what they're looking for. Hmm. So, I mean, imagine if our websites actually followed the Google rules to make sure that they're, they're so friendly to Google that Google becomes your biggest evangelist. And, it, and if we can do that, I think that, that, you know, people from the community who are, who have lots and lots of, you know, needs, concerns, and goals, when they're Googling it and they're searching for something, 
they're they're gonna actually uh, stumble upon your website and and like the best thing for anyone in the community is to go, oh well, I was looking for this and Google gave me a church website. I wouldn't expect to get it from a church. Huh. And and that's that's the power of the thread. A thread shouldn't connect necessarily spiritually, but it should connect on the beneficial uh, side of needs. So that if somebody is Googling you or Googling for a, a solution for one of their needs or concerns or a path to a goal, then your church should probably pop up. And that comes from understanding your thread, but then taking your thread and exposing what keywords your audience would be looking for and making sure you're using them on your website. That's good. So Mark, so give me a couple of examples of what that may be. Is that along the line of more um, emotional kinds of terms? You know, I'm depressed. I, I, I need prayer. I, or is it also like very practical things, pragmatic things that a, a church may be able to serve the community? Is there any kind of quick, uh, you know, quick examples on SEO that you're seeing right now with some of your clients? For sure. And, and I, I mean, you know, I love Generis and I love what you guys are doing. Mm -hmm. And, and this whole idea of finances, every time that we step in and we work with a church and we look like we do a full demographic study of the, you know, the, uh, what we call the reach area where your people actually live in your community. When we look at, you know, their some of their biggest concerns financially is almost always near the top of the list. Wow. And so, you know, the other day I was on a flight and, and that's usually when I catch up in my reading in magazines, I pulled out a men's health magazine, started reading. And there was a, there was an article about uh, finances and I kind of, you know, I I'm, I'm constantly looking to, to think, okay, so how can I personally use this? And then how can I use it as a consultant? And they started down through a list of all the, the ways that you can find um, uh, a firm footing financially. And so it's all the, you know, the regular things that you and I could probably list off. But then it got to a point where it said, you really do need to be debt free in order to continue any of these steps. And I thought, well, amen. Can we all say it from the back? Yep. And then, uh, and then it says, if you really struggle with becoming debt free, you possibly might want to uh, search in Google to find Financial Peace University with Dave Ramsey. And, and, yeah. and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, here's a secular magazine. And like, I actually flipped the magazine closed just to make sure that I was reading men's health, but they're <laughs> suggesting Dave Ramsey. And then the next paragraph said, but be careful. Most times financial peace university is only delivered through a church. But then the next sentence, like just blew my mind. It said, but it's worth going to church for. And I, I thought, it. okay, so here's, there's, I mean, Dave Ramsey has certainly done a lot of things correct, and he's risen to the point where a secular source is promoting him and promoting the church, and it's even worth going to church for. So that's what we need to know is 
Okay, so what is your community looking for? And there are there's lots of different uh, ways that you can find out what your your actual community is looking for on Google. Finding out what those keywords are, and then saying, so how can we associate ourselves with some of those keywords? And and ultimately, what you want to do is you want to come up with a solution that people are googling, looking for in your community. And then ultimately what we need to do as a church is figure out, okay, so once they've come on that secular need or concern or a goal, then how do we then connect them to the thread that Jesus Christ is the reason why we do this? That is really helpful. I love that. So the second point really is about being Google friendly. And so Mark, I don't want to uh, divert too far here, but I mean, I'm assuming then with an engagement with you, when you come in to work with a church on this particular area, one of the things you're doing is you call it the reach area. You're helping them understand the community uh, psychology, emotional buttons that exist in that reach area. Maybe that's five miles, maybe that's 10 miles around their, one of their locations or their main location. And you're helping them understand what that audience is. And then you're helping them develop a strategy that uh, optimizes that to use Google to its fullest extent in terms of what the church can do and what the church can offer. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, exactly. So effective communication rises and falls on how well you know your audience. Mm -hmm. Every pastor that's listening right now, the more you know your flock, the more you can talk to that flock. Mm -hmm. And, and what we need to do is we need to figure out, so how do we know them so much so that we can be known for love for them? And so like when, when Jesus and the disciples, you know, they were all sitting around, Judas had just betrayed Jesus. And, and one of the disciples says, well, so what, what are we going to be known for? And Jesus says, well, they'll know you're my disciples by your love. And what we need to do is we need to figure out where are people coming from in a community? And because birds of a feather flock together, let's figure out uh, the people who live around them are going to be very similar to the people who are coming to your church. So if we can identify through a really clear demographic study, and that's what, that's the way we start all of our engagements with churches is figuring out. So where's your reach area? And it's not necessarily a radius. It's an actual, you know, a custom polygon shape where we know where the major clustering of your families are coming from, then who lives there, what are their needs, concerns, and goals. And then let's, let's clearly define them as personas and personas is just a stereotypical uh, name for a group of people that is large enough and growing in your community. That is so helpful. Uh, I remember a, a study and you probably remember this study as well done from a, a company called glue where they kind of came in to fact, they came into Jacksonville uh, studied Duval County and uh, saw that relationship issues were, were a thing uh, they engaged at probably a half a dozen churches. They said, we just want you to offer classes on relationship, you know, divorce care or how to have a stronger marriage, whatever it might be. And then they did all that marketing based on the research that they were finding in the, in the communities. Uh, what was cool about it after two years, uh, they had proof of this, that divorce filings fell by 25% after two years of, of understanding the audience, to your point, 
and then just doing target marketing. And then the church is doing what the church do, does best, which is teaching people out of love, love one another, love one another as a husband and wife, uh, put marriages back together. And there was the proof. You know, it's the first time they said in a county in Florida that, that divorce filings had fallen by double digits. And it was all because of what you offer and companies like you offer working with uh, the power of the church. So cool example. That that's so good. And the thing is, is imagine if our churches actually became known for solutions for things that people are Googling in your area. And if you can do that, then Google will become your biggest evangelist and then you can connect them to, to Jesus. That is so good. I love that. Google is our, my, our best evangelist, and it should be. <laughs> That's the world we live in now. Everybody starts in the same place. They start with a search engine. And uh, what you're telling me is you're helping me, if I'm a church leader, cut across the lawn to get to my destination quicker. Because I know in their hearts, that's exactly what they want. They want to help the community. They want to see transformation come. But it takes some very smart people like you. It takes a lot of great tools to make that happen. All right. So we talked about the first two fatal errors. Let's talk about number three. What's the, what's the third thing that you're seeing that is really hurting churches with their websites? I'm amazed oftentimes how I go to church websites and there's a wonderful picture of a building, but there's no people there. Hmm. And, and I think that a fatal error is that you're not showing that persona group experiencing your thread. So what you need to do is you need to make sure like invest in a good photographer who can just come for even just one Sunday or, you know, a series of Sundays. And once you know your thread and you know, okay, well, we're going to start attracting people uh, based upon that thread, then what is the emotion that comes from the thread once they've received it? Say it is financial peace. So, you know, and, and don't use financial peace. It's, it's somewhat used by another <laughs> very large company. Mm -hmm. But if it was financial peace, then what, what do people look like that have financial peace? Well, <laughs> they're generous. So how can you show people being generous? Well, that's where the creativity comes in. You've got to make sure that your website shows the persona group that's in your community so that people come to your website and instantly see themselves on, on each of one of your pages. But you also want them to be experiencing what they're there looking for. And, and oftentimes what I see is, uh, you know, there's pictures and sometimes they're stock pictures and they look like stock images and, and what <laughs> exactly. it does, it, it immediately says, okay, if it's stock pictures, are there no people going there? And will I even want to go because they don't even want to show off the people that are actually going. And you also have to make sure that um, that if it's just building shots, like, you know, some people are very, very proud of their buildings. And yes, we know that that's where it, you know, ministry takes place in those buildings. Uh, if you're just showing a whole bunch of buildings, people are going to say, you know what, that, that I can't see myself there. And so what we need to do, we need to get closer to the people groups, the personas that we're actually trying to reach. Man, I love that. So I'm, I'm laughing as you're talking about that. One of the things I talk about with clients all the time is that 
facilities just facilitate ministry. They're never the point, even though that I'm there most of the time to help them raise funds to be able to build that building or renovate it or, you know, expand it, whatever it is. But facilities just facilitate ministry. And it reminded me of a quote I heard from Seth Godin a couple of years back that it really kind of resonated with me. And I think it probably resonates to your point is that Seth said in a marketing context, uh, people like us do things like that. That's sort of the marketing idea. So people like us. So if I'm finding somebody like Mark, who's my friend and somebody else over here, and I'm saying, well, you know, Mark and I and Joe, we, we like to do things like that. And I think that's what I hear you saying in these, in these pictures. It's really demonstrating levels of peace, levels of community, levels of service, uh, levels of growth and maturity, and maybe even transformation that we are experiencing inside this facility that we're simply saying, hey, you know what, if, you, if you're like us, if you're people in need in this community, this is a good place to come and join us. Absolutely. And, you know, I think we've all been there where, um, you know, I, I, I used to teach a, a Sunday school class and I can consistently, uh, you know, shared that I wanted to be multi-generational, that I just didn't want one age group. And, and I would oftentimes walk up to somebody in our, in our church and say, um, you know, I'd see a young family and say, have you joined a small group for a Sunday school class? Cause we'd love to have you. And they'd go oh, really. So what are you guys all about? And so we, I would share my thread with them, which was, you know, we're just simple and practical. We just always come up with one simple thing every week, and then we'll make it practical so that you can actually use it throughout the week. And the, the young couple would go, oh, you know what? That's, that sounds like something we'd really be interested in. But then the moment they walk through the doors of our class and then they saw a lot of 40 and 50 year olds, you, you could almost see the apprehension on their face of, okay, well, maybe we won't fit into this group. Yep. Yep. And so what we need to make sure we do is when we show that persona, um, most times our community is much younger than the actual congregations that, that are in the community. So we have to make sure that we fault a little bit on the young side, but we have to make sure that people, because most people who are in their forties and fifties, uh, think of themselves a little younger than what they actually are. So it's always good to show that and make sure that, that people are, uh, you know, are actually producing, what you you're saying that you're promising to to help people do yeah yeah it's your brand promise that's exactly right i love that language you know mark uh i can think of several reasons right now why it's so important to engage uh people like you and what you do for a church right now and one of those things one of those points that's really beginning to surface for me right now is it's not just about digital engagement as an idea but it really is trying to understand, uh, as we back up a couple of steps, understand who we are, our values, our DNA, our culture, our mission, and then really begin to develop a brand promise that we're then maybe the brand promise would be a way to kind of explain the thread that then begins to work its way through everything we do. And then we almost have to get that right or get that ready to position ourselves before we really start to engage the community. 
Well said. And, and that's a, a, exactly what Be Known for Something does. So we, we walk in and we um, take a look at your reach area. We do a demographic study. We do internal focus group to make sure that we're not going to overpromise and underdeliver. So we talk to the people in the congregation just to make sure that, um, that we understand what's happening inside the church. We also do a mystery visit so that we look at your church as an outsider group. And then ultimately we help you discover your thread. And, and the interesting thing about you know, discovering threads is that over the 20 years that we've been working with churches all across the country, um, we, we've been able to create a product that we're calling a branding retreat and that we come in and in three days with your leadership, we come up with a thread so that by the time we leave, not only do you know your thread, you also have your personas defined, your reach area defined, and then you also have a, um, the start of a, a really effective communication strategy. Yeah, that's music to my ears right there, Mark, because I've heard, you know, companies come in and six months later, they have their branding set. I'm like, I, I don't want <laughs> that. That, is, that feels way too long. And I love the idea of that retreat. And I'm sure the execution, the blocking and tackling could take several months. That, that part I get. But if it's going to take me six months to come up with my thread, uh, you know, I'm going to go do something else for a living. You know what I mean? <laughs> Right. And well, and what we what we found is that when we do it in the three days, we come in and it's a, a really intensive process. We come come to you with all the research uh, done and we expose that to all of the ministry leaders. And what we've found is that it really unifies ministry so that that everyone leaves that three day retreat, um, really understanding who the community is and why we need to stay on message. I love it. That's excellent. Well, hey, this has been so rich and so helpful. So, hey, I got one last question for you. I ask it every time. And that is simply this. If you could wave your magic wand and you had a hope or a, a desire for every church in America, and because you are a Canadian, although now a U.S. citizen, congratulations. Thank you. Um, what would you wish for every church in the U.S. and Canada? Wow. And, and I, I know why you asked this at the end, because it's such a great question. And to try to, to sum it all up, I guess that I'm just praying that we truly engage our congregations and potentially our, our communities better. And, and in order to do that, we have to use the, the right tools, but get the right content and, and just like everything needs to feel natural and familiar and that our, our uh, content, like my, my magic wand would be that churches would figure out what type of content the people around them really need yep. and make sure that they're, they're producing the right content and using the right tools. And, and I know that this is like a total aside, but but repurposing doesn't always work. 
what you do in person, like you might have a product that you have, you know, that you've been honing for years and years, maybe even a hundred years in person. That doesn't mean that just because you switch tools to an online ministry, that doesn't mean that everything that, that works in person will work online. So just be careful about repurposing that content and making sure that you have the right content for each one of your tools. Great answer, Mark. Couldn't agree more. Uh, fantastic advice, especially right now when it seems to be a content just deluge out there. You got to get the content right. Uh, you got the right message. You're going to reach the, reach the right audience. So well said. Well, Mark, thanks so much for spending some time with me in the Church Plus podcast. Thank you. And I, I am going to start praying for each person who's listening that they'll discover their thread. Amen, my brother. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Church Plus podcast today. I know there are literally hundreds of podcasts you could have listened to, so I'm grateful you've tuned in today. We always appreciate your support. You can subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast, or rate and review the podcast. Till next time, this is John Bennett with the Church Plus podcast.